Welcome to St James Bible Bites. This podcast was recorded live at our Sunday morning service. The talk is by the Reverend Fabian Verts entitled Encountering. The readings are taken from Psalm 84 and John chapter 3 verses 1 to 8 followed by 16 to 21. You can watch the whole service on our Facebook page as well as our YouTube channel, both linked on our website. Testament is from Psalm, is Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King, and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the second reading is taken from uh, John. Yeah, it is John, sorry. Uh, Chapter 3, the first eight verses, and then starting at verse 16 for another five verses. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God was not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh give birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. This is the word of the Lord. So that was going to be after the talk, but we can declare our faith before the talk, which is great. It's mostly the, it's the vicar's fault, you know, Stan, that's fine. Shall we stand as before listening to um, unpacking that passage, we declare actually our faith. Let us affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He was divine. He did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a slave, he was born in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has raised him on high and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every voice proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Please be seated. Let's pray. As we have just expressed for most of us our faith in you, Lord, take us deeper in this coming year as we seek to create space for you to speak to us individually and as a church, as we seek to follow Jesus more faithfully and as we seek to be filled by your Holy Spirit that we might do the deeds and the words in your power. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So if uh, this is the first time I uh, see you, uh, a very happy new year, uh, 2024. Um, I hope you had a good time with friends and family around Christmas and New Year. Um, and it's not to um, take away the fact that often Christmas and New Year is, yes, it's joyful, but it's also sometimes complicated. The reality of uh, families and sometimes the reality of our own lives. And I know that for some of you, uh, Christmas and New Year uh, can be a very lonely time. And of course, there are also realities, people that are not around anymore. And it reminds us of also those we love and are not with us. Um, but I thought um, God is saying something about hope. And hope is not denying the challenges, but it's finding God's presence within the challenges of our lives and the challenges of uh, the world. And we're going to start a new series that will lead us up to Easter. 
and it's going to be um, concentrated on the vision and the values of our church. So we have a very nice website. Thank you very much to Martin Wakefield, who's working very hard, and also Rachel, our administrator, in keeping it up to date. But on that website, you can find our uh, vision and value on that little connect, and you click on connect, and you see the vision and value. And when you click on that, you'll, you can see um, three, we're looking at three principles or kind of daily pursuit. Um, and of course, those values and vision um, is just to help us as a church and individual to focus, to be more intentional in our walk with God. It's not all the whole of Christian life, but hopefully those are helpful for us as a church and maybe for you individually. So the daily pursuits are encountering God, and that's finding ways where individually we regularly make space for God, to listen, to read scripture, to be prayerful, but also collectively that our services, like the Sunday services in the morning and monthly and all our activities and events are real place where we encounter God, where we feel God is speaking to us. The second is growing as followers of Jesus, and that's what we do and how we live is an outworking of our relationship with Jesus. All that we do, not just the things we do in church, all that we do and are in the community, at work, in our families, that outworking of our relationship. And that's also true in our life together as a church, that we express God's intention in all that we do and say. And then participating in the life of His Spirit. And that's about my work and my commitment to my family, to the community, to the church, are done in the power and with the abilities given me through the Spirit. So those are the three kind of daily practice, um, how to grow as followers of Jesus, to participate in His life, and to encounter God. And then we have eight uh, values, or I could say how we do things in, pract in, in practice. Um, so root it in, root it in prayer and Bible, that's in the life of Jesus, that's at the heart of all that we do. The walls down and branches out is about being relevant and connected with friends and the community, doing things that um, when we speak, it's a language they understand, when we act, it's uh, an action they understand, and that there are true connections there. Uh, all involved, that's about playing our parts, not just in church. God has a purpose for all of us, and entering that purpose to play our parts in God's kingdom. Um, being open to new ways, and being open to new ways means laying down old ways. Often, I think, the, the, the problems with, 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 with us, with me, with the church, is we open to new ways, and we add, and we add, and we add, until we have no time, really, to be hearing and listening. Um, if God does something new, that means he wants us to lay down something else, because we can't just add and add and add. Um, being generous in our giving, and that's not just the time, but we are um, not afraid to speak about money, how we manage our money, and in February we have our um, stewardship um, that we speak about how we spend our money as a church and the needs of our church, and, um, and we want people to do that gladly and joyfully and responsibly. And then food and fun, and I think there is so much more uh, that God uh, could do, I think, through us with food and fun. We've experienced this wonderful um, uh, harvest meal where um, host 
um, kind of very generously opened their house and cooked an amazing meal. We had, we had amazing food, you know, you, you, you were amazing host. Uh, but also we have a kitchen also, and there's most probably amazing opportunities that maybe we don't see yet, how we can use that to connect uh, with friends and the community. And then doing things with other churches and with other people in the community. And we try every month to tell you how the church is involved in our community through street pastors and Beesum and other things, but also how we could grow uh, working with maybe one or two other churches and doing things together. And so it's being about intentional in how we do things. But today we're going to concentrate on that first, encountering God, experiencing his presence, because the epiphany is all about that. It's about people encountering God. The Magi saw the sign, a star, started a journey. They followed the star, and most of it took them at least weeks, possibly months, to get to the place. They faithfully commit themselves to following that sign until they reached their destination and found a baby Jesus. And through God's grace by his spirits, they knew immediately it was not just a normal baby. The text says they were exceedingly overjoyed. And interesting in that story of the three magi, uh, it's those who recognized the sign that were able to recognize Jesus. Those in power, like Herod and the Jewish leaders, were completely oblivious to what God was doing. They couldn't read the signs. They knew scripture, uh, because when the Magi came, um, they, they said, well, when we know it's in Bethlehem, and here's the prophecy, but they didn't realize it had happened. So how do we open ourselves so that we can encounter God and be filled with his presence? Well, the reading we have in John is all about encountering, and that's always how God works. God takes the first step, he wants to reveal himself to us. That's the epiphany. He wants to show his character. He wants us to recognize his voice. And it's throughout scripture. It's all about encountering. God encounters Abraham and sets him on a journey and gives him a promise. Then he appears to Isaac and reaffirms the promise, the land, the descendant, the blessing that there will be to all nations. God show himself to Jacob, and Jacob encounters God in a dream. And if we go a bit forward, Moses encounters God in a burning bush. The whole of Israel encounters God through acts of power, the plagues, the crossing of the sea, the feeding in the desert, the tower of flame and cloud. And if you go through the whole of the Old Testament, it's all about God coming to his people. Yes, sometimes in judgments. Sometimes he's saying what you're doing is wrong and has to change. But it's always because he wants to restore and heal. It's always with a desire to bring us back to him so we can find life. And so there is an encounter between Nicodemus and Jesus. And this is about a religious man who goes to Jesus, not realizing that Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel. He sees something, but not the whole picture. He sees that Jesus is a teacher, a man of God, because it says in our passage, no man who does the kind of things that he does 
um, would be against God. He must be a man of God. But that's the only thing he sees. He thinks he knows because he's a religious leader and we know that he's part of the Jewish ruling council. He must be very well learned. So he thinks he sees and he thinks he knows, but if we look closer at the passage, we realize that he comes at night. Most probably because he's afraid of uh, the other religious leaders. There might be some kind of already talks about this Jesus is a troublemaker. Um, so he comes in the dark. He's sure about himself as a teacher, but actually he doesn't realize who Jesus is. He sees him as a teacher, but not as the master, or the ruler, the Lord, and the Savior. And so Jesus is going in that encounter, help Nicodemus realizing what is really important in his life. And that's what God always does. He works in our lives so that he shows how we can be and how we can live fully. And so he hits the nail on the issue with Nicodemus. He says, no one can see. He thinks he sees. He's a religious leader. He thinks he knows. No one can see, Jesus says, the kingdom unless they are born uh, again or born from above. And no one can enter. He thinks he's in. He's in the council. He's a religious. He's, he has power. He has authority. He thinks he's in. And he says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. And so Jesus is going to, in that encounter, help Nicodemus, realizing his need of a new being and his need of a new kind of living. And a new being is what we hear about new birth, born of the Spirit. Jesus speaks of two births. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and Spirit gives birth to Spirit. We have two births. We all come in this world naturally, in a sense, you know, parents uh, are expressing their love. I don't need to go into details. I believe you understand how it works. Uh, you are here, so you are the result of that. That's how we come into this world. But we also need another birth, a second birth, a birth from God. And God is faithful. He wants all to be rebirthed. And he speaks to us in many ways. This birth is God's gift to us. And he used uh, a, a kind of picture. He used the, 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 the kind of the picture or the, the comparison of the wind. He says we can experience the wind. We feel its presence. We see its manifestation. And we have seen a lot of manifestation of wind in the last two, three weeks. So we know. And yes, maybe when we listen to the news, they, they, you know, they show us graph and they says, you know, the, the, the weather is coming from this direction. But we can't really know where it comes from. That's what uh, here this passage. You, we can't choose its course. The same with God. We can't choose, we can't control the work of the Holy Spirit. It's God's work. But we can respond. That's our responsibility to respond to whatever work he is doing in our lives and the first work is to lead us to Jesus that's always the first step to lead us to see to understand to experience Jesus who is the only hope for us 
to find new life, to find forgiveness, to find a relationship with our Creator. God leads us into becoming that new person, a person with a desire and the ability to leave behind uh, hurts and habits and old ways, to not be chained with the values and the pressures and the demands of this world. It's a message of liberation, a message of rescue, a message of transformation. It's always transformation. You must be born afresh again from above. And he says you shouldn't be surprised. They knew about it. They knew in the story of Israel's what it means when God comes close, the kind of refreshing, renewing uh, that it brings. They knew as a, as a people. They knew about exiles and coming back. And there was the promise of God coming again and renewing not just Israel's but all the people. So as with the wind, we don't know where it goes, but we need to follow. We don't know where it comes from, but we can follow his lead. We can't control it. We must let ourselves be guided by him. And that can be risky. Sometimes it's about taking risks, individually or as a community. Um, when, when, when I encounter God in a very special way, with, uh, not in, it was a, a chapter in, in John's Gospel, chapter 10, about Jesus being the good shepherd. I'm not going to tell the story again because I'm sure I've told it at least three or four times here. Um, but it was very, very clear that God was calling me to give my life. Um, and, and following that, it wasn't difficult for me to go to church. I joyfully went to church every Sunday. Uh, but it became very suspicious with my family, saying, you spend more time now with Christian and the church than with your own family. And then when I decided at 18 to, to go uh, take a year with a Christian organization, because again, felt God was leading me, uh, even my church wasn't very, very, very uh, supportive. They said, do your university first. In Belgium, you don't do those years out. It's, it's not part of the culture. Do first your university and then maybe... So sometimes taking risk because we respond to God um, can, can bring disapproval. But God is then always with us. And the other danger is to see our relationship with God as some kind of a, a transactional relationship. Uh, you scratch my back, God, and I scratch yours. As if God needed our help, really. But sometimes that's how we work. You help me, God, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of my time, too. Being guided, uh, um, being open to God is to say, God, show me. Show me what to do. And I think we all say that. I say that. But I don't always mean it. And there are three things, I think, that can happen, and that has happened in my life when I said, God, show me what to do. And God says, well, I can't really show you what to do because you're just too busy. I can't add something to you because you're busy doing so many things that, and some of those things I haven't asked you to do. So you're not in the right place. I don't want you, I don't want to add one more thing. So to create space to listen and maybe to lay down certain things. Or I said, God, show me what to do. And I think God says, well, I won't because you haven't responded to the last thing I, saw, I showed you. I'm still working there. 
So don't ask me a new thing if you haven't started working at what I've shown you. Start there, and then I will show you the next step. Or I've asked God, God, show me what to do, and God does, but I don't notice, because really, I want to do my thing. So he speaks to me, but I'm so used to make my own path, to call it serving God, being a good Christian, but actually it's serving myself. So encountering God is creating that space that we all need to listen, but also creating maybe a network around us when we feel God is leading in, in a certain direction to, to have wise Christians, people who have the gift of discernment maybe, wisdom, or a faith community to share, I think God is saying something in that direction. What do you think? And for us, I think as a church with the PCC, is to be prayerful about our activities, to not be afraid to lay down certain things before we pick up. And maybe the, the principle would be good. If we think we pick up something, we need to think about what, what are we laying down so that we don't become overburdened um, 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 with doing things. So Nicodemus is called to a new way of living, following and being led by the Holy Spirit. So where is God leading you? Where is God leading me? Where should I, where should we put our energies so that God's purposes and intentions are expressed more and more? I'm always taken aback with Jesus, who's fully human and fully divine, and he says to be fully human in God's presence, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. He was in that perfect relationship. We're not there, I'm not there, certainly as your vicar, but that's what it means to be fully human to do the kind of things that God is calling us to do. And for that, this, the second thing is, well, we need to a little bit of cleansing, purifying. And so Jesus speaks about water, the water and the spirit. And that speaks about prophecies, again, for Israel. They, they would have known certain passages like this one in Ezekiel. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will clean you from all your impurities and from your, all your idols, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart you, your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's the idea of being born from above, of water and the spirit. Being renewed, being given a new heart, a new spirit, a new way of seeing the world, seeing God and seeing ourselves. And the prophet Joel says that will happen not just on Israel, but on all people. And of course, we know about Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes and fills the disciples, the people there, and then the mission that goes uh, way uh, outside Israel and to the nations. So, do I want to follow God? Yes, I know we all want to follow God, but sometimes we need to uh, be mindful of what God might be saying. Is there something... I need to go back to because I haven't followed that in there. Is there something that in my life is just too busy and I don't make space for him, uh, for him to be the one talking to me and for me to listen? Or am I blind to God's, God's ways? You know, I, I may be, I'm clinging so desperately to my own ideas and my own plans 
what I always used to do. And we don't like changes. It's always difficult to change. Maybe it's forms of legal religion. Maybe sometimes uh, we need to be open to God's new ways and refreshing. And that's why I try to use liturgy in, in, in a creative way. Um, we, maybe five, six years ago, you remember, we only had booklets. And we were uh, kind of kept with two or three booklets. And hopefully that has liberated us. I know it's not perfect and some of you struggle with the screen and it's, you know, there's always changes, it's difficult. But hopefully it creates a little bit more freedom to use the liturgy in a way that really feeds our lives. And I think today it has this theme of hope and the theme of being centered on Christ. Maybe I, there's still idols in my life. Maybe I, I, I'm, I'm still struggling, and I think we most really all struggle with comparison. And we do things because we want to at least be at the same level than, you know, you know the story of our, our garden. You, you, you see at your neighbor's garden, and it does something, and said, oh, I, I need to do something in my garden now. It needs to speak, and it needs to lead. And to be saved are three areas. Um, saving means to be to pull a person out of danger, that's to save someone from a danger so that he or she is not hurt and life is not lost. That's what God wants us. He wants to pull, pull us out of danger so that we can have life. It also means to liberate from oppression. It's like opening a door of a prison. Let the prisoner go free. And Maybe you feel in prison in some ways. Maybe that's the place of saving to, free, to be freed from something. And the, other, the third one is to be healed or to make whole. And it's a pilgrimage as a Christian. We all are in pilgrimage to greater healing, greater liberation and feeling safe in God's hand and having identity in him. And sometimes the road can be rough and torturous. And that's why we want at the heart of our church life to have prayer ministry because you're not on your own and it is about um, coming to God and asking God be with us continue to be faithful to your promise there are struggles there are pains there are disappointment sometimes the road is not clear but God says let your walls come down be open come in trust he is the one who is good and wants to give life and so it says God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes will not perish but have eternal life and eternal life is not life after death eternal life is life today transformed life a life that um, is meaningful and has a purpose God didn't send Jesus to condemn the world it says but to save, to rescue, to heal, to liberate, and to pull us out of danger. Those who are open to that will experience life. Those who remain close to Jesus won't. That's what the passage says. God wants to transform us, but we need to make space to hear, to listen, and to follow. And so our Christian life, and maybe it's a good start of the year, it always starts with an encounter. 
So later on in the notices, and also have uh, a little leaflets, um, how you might want to create space uh, for you to encounter uh, Jesus. You've heard of Lexus 365. They are very good apps to help you read the Bible or have a word for the day. Uh, and then there are activities in our church like life groups, which are places where we make space for God, for one another, for prayer. We need to have those if we want to be following God, if we want to grow in his presence, if we want to be filled by his life. To have life is to welcome Jesus every day who came to save, but liberate, rescue, heal, protect. To forfeit life is to remain close to Jesus. So today, will I, will we as a church, will you personally come to Jesus? Maybe for the first time, we, every day we need to come to respond to his prompting, to lay down dead works, and to walk in step with him. Jesus says in uh, Matthew, walk with me, and it's a modern translation, and work with me. Watch how I do things. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. For more Bible Bite podcasts, simply visit our website, www.stjamestaunton.co.uk and click on resources. Thank you for listening and may God be with you today.